0: And I want to speak to you on the subject of jealousy. This whole last four or five weeks, we've been doing a series entitled Getting Disconnected. And I've said this so many times, but I'll mention it again tonight. Our whole society is in a rage right now, in a culture right now. How can we get more connected? How many of you are on Facebook? Just raise your hand. Just open confession, look around. Okay, how many of you are on Twitter? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Not that many on Twitter. I mean, there's, how many you have email accounts? Raise your hand if you have an email account. Okay, at least have an email account. Okay, so everybody's looking for ways to get connected, but I'll be honest, God has dealt with me about certain ways to get disconnected. And we've talked about some really important things That if we want to receive God's blessing, if we want to have the lives we've always dreamed about, we've got to get disconnected from. And here's a few things we've talked about. Getting disconnected from bondages. Say amen to that. Getting disconnected from fear. Getting disconnected. And we've gone one after another. Well, tonight I want to speak to you about getting disconnected from jealousy, If you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. And tonight, we're going to talk about getting rid of jealousy, disconnecting from that. Now, as you're turning there, there was a, a, a party of 11 people. They were on an island, and they were about to die. And a helicopter came in and lowered a rope down and started to pull those people up. And it was 10 men... And one woman, and all of a sudden the, the pilot of the helicopter yelled down, and he said, one of you's going to have to let go or this rope's going to snap. Well, of the 11 people on the rope, 10 of them were men, and only one was a woman. And the woman said to all the men, she goes, men, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. My whole life and many women, all their life, they have submitted and given and sacrificed for their men, for their husbands. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sacrifice for you guys. And as soon as she said that, all 10 men started to clap. (laughs) All right. I want to talk to you tonight about getting disconnected from jealousy. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm taking my eyes off you. I want to speak to you tonight about getting disconnected. I'll tell you right now, if you'll receive this word, it's so rarely preached on, but i tell you, if you get disconnected from jealousy, man, you can enjoy your life. Let's look at Philippians chapter two, verses one to 11, and here's what the word says. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Okay, now, right here it's talking about having the same focus with your life as Jesus did. Verse three. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit But in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Verse number eight, and we're almost done. To the glory of God the Father. Oh, I love that. That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you just repeat after me? Jesus, Jesus. You, are Lord. you are Lord. Boy, I tell you, there's power in those three words. And then I want you to look in your notes, this one last verse, John 3:30. If you don't have it memorized, you must memorize it. You must become greater and I must become less. Tonight I wanna speak to you about this one thought. I wanna challenge you for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes. Would you disconnect from jealousy and connect to humility? Our culture is so against humility but I tell you, if you want to be blessed, there's power and an unbelievable life found in humility. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word tonight. God, I just am excited because you're here. God, you've given me this word. You've promised me power. And in the name of Jesus, I just receive it. I pray, change every life here tonight for the better. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. And I love you in Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight I wanna speak to you about disconnecting from jealousy. So let me give you a couple truths here. Number one, the problem with comparing our lives to others. How many know that's a problem? There's a problem if you're connecting your, c- con- comparing your life to a brother or sister in Christ. There's a problem if you're com- comparing your life to somebody that's not in Christ. There's a problem if you're comparing your life to mine. There's a problem if you're comparing your life to pastors, as great as he is. Let's look at those here. First of all, number one, when you do things better than others, you might have heard me say this before, you are tempted to be prideful. I'm telling you, when you compare yourself to others and maybe God's blessed you more than he's blessed somebody else or maybe God's blessed you both equally but somebody's been very foolish with the blessings of God and you have more of something than somebody else. If you compare yourself to somebody else, you're gonna become prideful. Can I tell you right now, prideful people aren't popular. If you want friends, if you want your funeral to be big, don't be prideful. I'll go step farther, farther. if you wanna be blessed, don't be prideful. If you wanna have God's favor on everything these hands touch, don't be prideful. And I'll give you one more. If you wanna continue to walk in God's blessing, don't be prideful. I'm telling you, when you compare yourself to other people and you're doing things better than them, maybe you just got blessed. Have you ever seen somebody that there's a time in their life they're doing things right, but they're just not getting blessed? You know what? You keep doing that. You will get blessed. And have you ever seen somebody that they have the common sense of offense post and for some reason, bam, God just blessed them. Don't compare yourself to other people or you will get prideful. And I want you to finish this verse of scripture for me. Pride comes before the... Number two... Here's the danger of comparing yourself to other people. Number two, when you don't do things as good as others, then you get envious. Then you get envious. So here's what happens. Many of you, God's blessing you right now, but then here's what happens. These two little brown things, they start looking at other people, and you, have you ever seen, have you ever been content in your life, and then you go to your friend's house, and you're like, oh, maybe we need this. You ever had that happen? You ever went to the mall and all of a sudden they've got a car in that mall? They're, they're pretty sneaky. Oh, we need this. Okay, now, I want you to be honest with me. How many of you at times have called a need, or pardon me, how many of you have called it, yeah, how many of you called a need a want? Would you just raise your hand? For those of you that didn't raise your hand, God forgives you for lying in church. Trust me. Oh, man. Let me give you number three. The problem with comparing our lives to others is we can get envious, we can get prideful. Let's look at number three. When you compare your finances to others, oh man, you can spend unwisely. That's one of the worst things you can do. That is one of the absolute worst things you can do is compare your financial situation to other people's. Don't do it. I've seen people love the Lord Jesus Christ, and they start comparing their finances to other people. Friends, when you're on your deathbed, the type of house that you had is not gonna make any difference. The type of car you drove, not gonna make any difference. Don't compare your financial situation to other people. And let me give you a couple reasons. First of all, you don't know how they gained it. Uh-oh, can I tell you, if you gain money in an ungodly way, you can't enjoy it. Anybody ever been there before? When you, I want you in anything, when you gain something and it's not through the plan of God, you can't enjoy it. When you have sex and you're not married, can't enjoy it. God hasn't blessed it. When you've received money and you haven't earned it the way God wants you to earn it, you can't enjoy it. When you're doing a job and you're not doing the very best you can do, you can't enjoy it. And friends and I, want you to receive this word here, don't compare your finances to other people's. Can I tell you, I love what, if you have not read Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, you need to read that. That book transformed Kelly and I's life. That, work, that book's worth $30,000 to $50,000 for Kelly and I because that, that's the book that got us debt free right there. That sucker. Well, the Lord did and he used that book. Okay, uh, I'll tell you something right now. I'd rather have a paid off car than an unbelievable car and have to make payments on it. That's just me. I'd rather have maybe the, the, the uh, maybe not the most fancy clothes but I'd rather own those. <laughs> How many of you are still paying on clothes that you bought 10 years ago? Okay, now can I make ask this for a second? This has nothing to do with money. How many of you, I've said this in Weight Watchers so many times, how many of you own faith clothes? You know, I used to have faith clothes. Before I, was, before I lost weight, I had all these clothes in my closet that I owned just in case one day I lost weight. They were the faith section of my closet. Number four, I, 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 I feel that camaraderie there. Number four, when you compare your marriage to others, oh. Oh, you have no idea what's really going on in that household. Do I have an amen there? Woo! Ladies, don't get rid of your husbands. At least you know what the problem is with them. (laughs) If you get another one, you're gonna have to find out what his problems are. I'm telling you, nobody knows my problems like Kelly, and nobody needs to say amen to that. I'm telling you, Kelly knows just about every mistake I've made. Woo, that's a lot to memorize there. I'm telling you, don't compare your marriage to somebody else. It's a trick and tool and lie of the devil. How many of you have seen marriages before you thought they was great? How I many of know a lot of people can be good actors in church? You know, a lot of times we think the best actors are in Hollywood. I think sometimes the best actors come to church. Oh, whoo! Man, we've done that. There's been times Kelly and I, right in the middle of a fight, we see somebody from church, how you doing? <laughs> and then as soon as they leave, I get it. <laughs> we've all done that. And that's not how God wants it to be. You know what God wants? He wants us to take our eyes off people's money. Can I tell you something? I gotta back up for that for a second. If I gotta be at a place where I can't enjoy my family, I don't wanna make that much money. If I can't enjoy Kelly, money's not worth that much to me. If I can't sleep at night because I got so many things going on in my finances, that ain't worth that to me. No, I, I, I wanna be able to enjoy the things that are internal in my pocketbook. Now, do I wanna be blessed? Yes. Do I wanna be prosperous? No doubt about it. And the same goes in my marriage. I I just want to say a word here to every wife. It is a sin for you to compare your husband to somebody else's. And husbands, it is a sin to compare your wife to somebody else's. The only people we're supposed to be compared to is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And I'm telling you something right now. Maybe you're here and you need to repent from that. Don't hold your spouse to any other standard but the Lord. And can I go a step further? Don't even hold them to that standard, you hold yourself to the standard of the Lord. Can I just give you some free premarital counseling or postmarital counseling? The closer I try to get to Jesus, better my marriage gets. When I stop worrying about Kelly and the closer I get to Jesus, better my marriage gets. The more I know the word of God, better my marriage gets. The more I please God, the more red hot my marriage gets. Hallelujah. Because you know what? When I please God, I please Kelly. (laughs) When I'm keeping my thought life pure, when I'm keeping my actions pure, when I'm focusing on what I can do to bless her and honor her and prosper her, guess what? Woo! That's getting Kelly going, hallelujah. Then that gets me going, and it just keeps going back and forth. you know what, you just never know what's going on behind closed doors. And that's another reason why we don't judge people. I've seen godly gals, I mean, marry an ungodly man, the marriage dissolves and the gal did everything she could do to stop that. And I've seen it the other way. I've seen couples uh, where one of the spouses would do anything in the world to save the marriage, any amount of counseling, but the other wouldn't do it. Don't compare your marriage to other people. Let me give you number five here. Um, We're talking about getting disconnected from jealousy. When you compare, okay, so we talked about comparing your life to others so you don't get prideful or envious, not comparing your finances, not comparing your uh, marriage. When you, number five, compare your life to someone's, you take the role that you are the judge and take God out of his rightful place. Did you hear that one more time? When you compare your life to someone's, you take the role that you are the judge and take God out of his rightful place. Let me give you this scripture, 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, and it says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. I want you to write a statement below that, and here's what it is. No improvement can be made on God's will for your life. One more time, no improvement can be made on God's perfect will for your life. You know what, there's people I went to Bible college that are at churches one-tenth the size of this church. But their are successes if that's what God wants them to be. And then there's people I went to Bible college with, they, they're pastor at churches of thousands. You know why I can walk in when I see them and I can be excited whether their church is 10 times this size or 10 times smaller? This is where God wants me to be, unfortunately for you. <laughs> if I was uh, elected governor of the state of Missouri tomorrow, I'd be a step down because this is where God has me. And friends, I want you to get that in your mind. Success is doing what God's called you to do. That's success. If God's called you to be a teacher and to pour your heart into those students, man, you're a success. If God has said to you, I want you to start your own company and you make a living off that company but it never gets as big as you want it to be. If that's what God's told you to do and you did it, you're a success. I'm gonna give you one more thing I want you to write down. Anytime you do God's will, you're a success. Anytime you do God's will, you're a success. Stop comparing your life to other people. I tell you, you can get defeated. And can I give you this here? If somebody's already achieved your dream and you keep thinking about that, that'll put you in depression. But maybe sometimes our dreams and God's aren't the same thing. See, what we gotta do is we gotta say, God, what is your dream? What is your destiny? What is your desire for my life? And then when we achieve it, we're success. I just wanna ask you, I wanna beg you The most successful people in life are not the people that have the most money. I know people who have vast amounts of money and they're failures in life. I know people that have been married all their life, but that marriage is a failure. I know one marriage in particular where the husband committed adulterous affair after affair after affair after affair, after affair but the wife lovingly stayed. That marriage is a failure, and it's not because that wife. we become a success when we do what God wants. And so if I do God's will, it doesn't matter to me if my friends have more or less money than me, more or less, and you name it. Once I've done what he wants, I'm successful. Let me give you these last couple things here. Let's look at the second point here. The benefit of trying to be like Jesus. Mm. Man, I love this. If you want the best boss in the world, if you can't have Pastor Newby, then take then Jesus is number one. I'm telling you, I don't know how you get a better boss than Pastor Newby, but I'm telling you something, somehow Jesus did it. And let me give you a couple thoughts here. You get the assurance that you're a success. You know, you know some people get scarred their whole lives because their mother or father doesn't unconditionally accept them. Do you know Jesus unconditionally accepts you? Hallelujah. Do you know Jesus unconditionally loves you? Do you know Jesus unconditionally wants to bless you? What does the word of God say about this? Jesus says, or the Lord will say, if we've served him, well done, my good and faithful servant. You see, when you compare your life to Jesus and when you do what God wants, you get the assurance that you're a success. And I just want to speak one word here. If you're here, you might be in your 40s and your life is still scarred because of the hurtful words a mother or father might have given you or might not have given you. I'm proud of you for being here tonight. It could be a lot of other places than Wednesday night getting yelled at by a bald, crazy man. (laughs) I'm proud of you for being here. And if you compare your life to Jesus, you can have the assurance that you're gonna be a success. I love that. Number two, the benefits of trying to be like Jesus. Number two, oh, you get to live without pressure. Have you ever had a boss that they're just pressuring you all the time? Does anybody resonate with that? You ever have a boss where the workload, the longer you're there, the more work you get? You ever have a boss or an employer where it just seems like the demands are impossible? Can I give you some good news? When you strive to be what Jesus wants you to be, you get to live without pressure. Let me give you a couple verses. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two. I already quoted it tonight. He says, "Cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you." And that is not where that is. Psalm fifty-five, twenty-two says. Man, I got to look it up. Doggone it? And that's right. Do you ever have that where you got it on the tip of your tongue? Was that right? Cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. There we go. It's found in Matthew. What's the word of God say? Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, when you serve God, some of you are having trouble in your life because you don't understand the nature of God. Oh, that'll preach right there. I'm telling you, some of you, your life would get more blessed if you really understood how God operates as a loving father. He's not a vicious taskmaster. He's not a vicious judge. He's a loving, heavenly father that if you will obey him, the pressure's off. Do you know the only time God puts pressure on you? is when you're not obeying him. That's when the pressure's there. If you're not serving the Lord, he loves you so much to try to convict you of your sins. If you're not doing things right, God loves you so much, he's gonna try to convict you, he's gonna try to draw you to him. But I'm telling you something, once you say, God, I will do what you want me to do. Anybody ever been there? The pressure gets off. Okay, Lord, you've been on me to tell these people about Jesus, I'm gonna do it no no matter what they say. Boom, the pressure comes off. Okay, Lord, you've seen this sin I've done in private. I'm gonna stop it. The pressure comes off. I love that. Number three. The benefits of trying to be like Jesus, you get to hear, and I've already said it, well done. I don't know about you, but some people grew up in a high-pressure home. Some people, they had no alternative but to get good grades. I kind of wished it would have been that way in my household. <laughs> I had unconditional love, and no matter what the grade card said, my mom and dad loved me. Unfortunately for them, the grade card didn't always say what it could have said. But you know why? Is That wasn't their fault, it was mine. But I knew my parents were going to love me. I was... I've told people this before. We didn't grow up rich in money, but man, in my house, we grew up rich in love. And can I tell you, when you try to be like Jesus, you get to hear, well done. I can't stress this enough. We're almost done, but I need you to look up here at me. No award you can ever get compares to God saying, well done. Listen to me. No election to any political office including president compares to well done. No amount of house, million of dollars home maybe would it be compares to hearing God say well done. No amount of fame compares to God saying well done. No amount of fortune compares to God saying at the end of our lives, well done. Listen to me. We need to spend our lives storing up heavenly treasure. Let me quote it to you. It's from Matthew chapter six, verse 19, 20, and 21, and here's what it says. It says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot get to it. And verse 31 says that it's treasure that will last forever. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Friends, listen to me. You don't have to be a pastor for your life to be given to the gospel. Some of the most godly people I know our teachers, doctors, lawyers, policemen. They've given their careers and they said, Lord, I want to use this as a ministry. Number four, almost done. If Chris could come and play very softly. Number four, the benefits of trying to be like Jesus, you get to receive grace when you mess up. Woo! I love that with Jesus. Yes, he has a standard he wants us to live at. Yes, he wants us to live by the commandments. Yes, he wants us to live a holy life. Yes, he wants us to be righteous. But when we mess up, if he is the boss, we get grace. Let me give you this scripture, Romans 5.20. This one verse can turn your life around. Romans 5.20 says this, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Oh man, that's what I love about God. No matter what mistake, no matter how bad or how grave, uh, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And let me give you the last one tonight. Last benefit of comparing your life to Jesus. Number five, you are in the will of God, which means you will receive God's power to live. Okay, I wanna close with this, man. I just want you to receive this. I feel like God gave this to me. It's kind of a rhema word. So many times we want God's power God, give me your power. Lord, let me walk in your authority. God, give me your miracle-working power. Do you know how you get that power? Very simply. You walk in the will of God. See, when I do what God tells me to do, the more steps I take in God's will, the more power I get. I've been there before where I've taken steps out of his will. Said or done things I shouldn't have said or done as a pastor and before I was a pastor. But when I take those steps into the will of God for my life, I get more power. Friends, I want you to know something that God wants to give you his power. See, if you're here today and you're facing problems One of the things you might not know is the reason you can't overcome some problems is there could be supernatural problems. You see, the devil hates you. John 10.10 says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so if you're here tonight and the devil's the one that's attacking you, it's not just silliness in life. The only way to defeat a supernatural problem is with a supernatural answer. Let me give you three things to close with tonight. Okay, so... We've looked at tonight the problem with comparing ourselves to others. And I wanna go one step further. I want you to just look up at me. You don't need to write this down. It's a sin to compare yourself to others. What did the Apostle Paul say? He said, follow me, but you gotta hear that in context. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. It wasn't about following him just to follow him. He was saying, follow me, but pointing it to Jesus. Number two, we've looked at the benefits of trying to be like Jesus. Let me give you three things to live with tonight, to leave with tonight, well, to live with as well. Number one, when people get jealous, they are never in God's will. When you're jealous, you are never, ever, ever in God's will. Number two, what I want you to leave with tonight? Jealousy will eat you up like poison John 3:30 Lord, you must become greater and I must become less. We we've got to look at it in our lives. We've got to redefine success. So many people don't understand what success is. We got to redefine it. It's not about having possessions. It's not about where we live. It's how we live. And let me give you the last one tonight. What to leave with. Don't put your eyes on people. Number three. Your eyes were meant to focus on Jesus. Not others. And that's the truth. And so tonight as we close. I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants you to do this tonight. Tonight. He wants you to put your eyes on Jesus. And so tonight I want to ask you this question as we close in prayer. Where are your eyes not on Jesus? Now I want to leave this realm of jealousy as we close. Yes, it's a sin if your eyes are on somebody else and not Jesus but are you in a problem right now? you in a valley. The only way out of that valley is not to put your eyes on the valley, but to put your eyes on Jesus. Are you in a lot of pain tonight? Maybe it's pain from a physical problem or a deep heart emotional problem. The answer is not diagnosing the problem. The answer is putting your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight And financially, it's difficult. It's not difficult because you're looking at other people. It's difficult because you can't pay the bills. Okay, you put your eyes on Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you can't get along with somebody. You know one of the greatest things that my marriage has taught me? So much of my problems with other people begin with me. So maybe you're here, maybe it's not your spouse, maybe it's an employee or an employer or a son or a daughter or somebody in this church. Are you having trouble getting along with somebody? Put your eyes on Jesus. Lastly, maybe you're overcome. There's just something in your life It's just overcoming you. You struggle to sleep at night, you struggle to think at peace in the day, You've got to put your eyes on Jesus. I'll be honest, putting your eyes on Jesus is one of the answers to almost every question we could ask. I want you to know something. God's will for your life, this last thing I'm going to say before we pray, God's will for your life is that you would be a success. And if you do his will, you are a success. Did you hear that? God's will for your life is that you would be a success. And the way to be a success is to do his will. You bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight. Lord, thank you for your grace. And God, I just thank you that we can be a success.